0: Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself, so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. And thanks for joining us online at kpcg.fm and also for uh, listening to our podcast. You can find those at thetrumpet.com or kpcg.fm, wherever you like to get your podcasts. When you look at what's going on in the world today, how do you feel about it? How do you feel about the state of today's events, today's world? There's a lot of violence, tension, uncertainty, fear. And also, how do you feel about the state of your personal life Do you have peace in your life? The world does not. There's not peace today, and it's getting worse. But how about your life personally? Well, the two are related. Jesus Christ had a lot to say about our time today, about what's happening in this world. And we learn a lot about ourselves as well. Many overlook the fact that Jesus Christ was the greatest prophet of all. And he gave very specific prophecies that are For us to understand now, we need to know what they are, and what they mean, and they are important for us today. And they tell us a lot about world conditions, these prophecies, and they also tell us a lot about ourselves. We'll look at a few of these today if you'd like to uh, turn over to Matthew 24, we'll begin. If you have a Bible handy, it'd be great to get it out, and we can look at these scriptures together. Matthew 24 is a pivotal prophecy. It's the Olivet Prophecy. And Jesus Christ gave a lot of detail here about what would be happening in our time today. Matthew 24 and verse 21. It'd be good to read the whole chapter, but we'll just pick up some particular passages today. It says, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. So he's talking about a time that's just ahead of us. You know there's been some pretty bad times on this earth. You know we're in the midst of some pretty bad times. This is going to be worse because it's tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time known or ever shall be. This is going to be a very dangerous, very difficult time, and it doesn't take much imagination to see how the world could spiral into this total chaos soon. You know, we see lots of chaos on this earth in different locations, and of course it spreads. Some people have already had their lives ended or turned upside down in current attacks and wars, and it's hard to watch that. It's a very emotional thing to see people suffering and be put through horrific events. But Christ said it would get worse. Before it gets better. The good news is it does get better. And it gets better in ways that we can't even fathom. We have to look into God's word to see how much better it's going to get. So that's the positive, and we have to keep that in mind. But there's also this corrective time where it's going to get worse. Notice verse 22. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake... Those days shall be shortened. So the Moffat translation renders this verse a little bit clearer as, quote, not a soul would be saved alive. So this verse is not referring to spiritual salvation, but to being saved from physical destruction or from premature death. And so what Christ is telling us here very clearly is that the violence would get so bad that no one would be left alive if he himself didn't return and stop it, and stop it for the elect's sake, for his people's sake. It would spiral to the point of absolute destruction. So again, we don't like to think about that too much. It's not something that we naturally would want to think about. But again, we have to believe what, Christ says. Not only do we need to believe Christ's prophecies, but we need to follow his teaching. He taught us how to live, how we can be protected, how we can be healed. You know, there's so many things that he taught us, and so we need to believe all of it and not just believe in the the fact that these prophecies will happen, but believe that he was teaching the truth in every area and strive to obey him. We do need God's help, and we need his protection, for sure. And the great news, though, is that this madness that we see around us, that we see escalating, it will be stopped. Notice Mark 13. Mark 13 and verse 20. It says, And except that the Lord has shortened those days, no flesh should be saved, again, saved alive or physically alive. But for the elect's sake, whom he has chosen, he has shortened the days. So Jesus Christ does this. Notice uh, this quote is from Lesson 1 of the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence course, free course, and please sign up for that at thetrumpet.com. It says, these verses mean that, just as originally planned, Jesus Christ will intervene at the very moment humanity would otherwise destroy itself. By his direct intervention, he will cut short the days of man's rule over man, which would otherwise lead to the destruction of all human life on earth. That's a very key point there. Man's rule over man. That's caused so many problems, and it's going to have to be stopped or else there'd be no flesh saved alive. Man can't rule over man. Think of that, though. Jesus Christ himself, he's got to return and stop man from totally destroying himself. Is it really going to be that bad? You know, people could maybe wonder. Just look at the destruction that we already see happening in Ukraine and that area. Obviously, now in the Middle East. Barbaric acts. And if there was nothing there to stop it, it would just spread and spread. Well, we're coming to the point where it will spread further and further. The weaker America gets, well, the the stronger these other nations become. The Bible calls it the times of the Gentiles. And there's some pretty horrific acts that are occurring. There are many men who fought in wars in the past that could look at these prophecies of Jesus Christ and really understand how bad things can get, even though they didn't go through the tribulation. They went through a lot of horrific events, and they learned something important about man and about the way we think. And so again, as we consider what's going on in this world and how dangerous it is and how bad Christ says it's going to get, we have to stop and think about ourselves individually as well. Why does it come to this? Why do there have to be situations like this? Well, men that have gone through wars, they do learn quite a bit. And one of those men was General Douglas MacArthur. You know, he had a lot of military experience. He saw a lot. He experienced a lot. The worst of humanity. And at the end of World War II, he said this, quote, Men, since the beginning of time, have sought peace. Various methods through the ages have been attempted to devise an international process to prevent or settle disputes between nations. They have tried military alliances, balances of power, leagues of nations. All in turn failed, leaving the only path to be by the way of the crucible of war. The utter destructiveness of war now blots out this alternative. We have had our last chance. And so as he was rightly pointing out, the weaponry had become so ferocious and devastating at the end of World War II that man can't really go to war anymore fully. There's certainly been regional conflicts, but a full global war would end in the destruction of everybody because the weapons are so powerful. And he understood that. And he said, we have had our last chance. And he saw all these efforts that men had made. And yet uh, we just ended up with more war. He continued the quote. He said, if we will not devise some greater and more equitable system, Armageddon will be at the door. The problem basically is theological and involves a spiritual recrudescence and improvement of human character that will synchronize with our almost matchless advances in science, art, literature, and all material and cultural developments of the past 2,000 years. He said, it must be of the spirit if we are to save the flesh. So General MacArthur, in all of his experience, understood that there was something terribly wrong with man. What's the problem, you know, with mankind? And we have to look at this in terms of ourselves personally. When we see the terrible events going on in this world... You know, do we see how we have to change personally? Well, we need to consider that. Notice Jeremiah 17 and verse 9. Jeremiah 17 and verse 9, that shows us what's wrong with mankind, what's wrong with humanity. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? It's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now, a lot of people just don't believe that to be true. There was, you know, recently shootings in the United States, and a politician said that there was a problem with the human heart, and that got a very negative response. People don't want to hear that. They don't think there's a problem with the human heart. Well, there is. The Bible says there is. Now, again, we can change. We can draw close to God, and he can help us. But left to our own devices, this is what we have to work with, a heart that's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And when we consider what the Scripture is saying, we have to remember that in Scripture the heart is often spoken of, uh, proverbially, as the center of human thoughts and emotions. That's what it's talking about here. That, That heart, that center or seat of human thoughts and emotions, it's desperately wicked. Deceitful above all things. And so when you have a lot of people with this type of a heart interacting and making decisions, there ends up being wars or problems in personal lives. And verse 5 is very clear in Jeremiah 17. If you back up to verse 5, it says, Thus says the Eternal, Cursed be the man that trusts in man, and makes flesh his arm, and whose heart departs from the Lord. So, again, when it says, Cursed be the man that trusts in man, we have to understand that that's one of those, those men, if you will, or people, that can be ourselves. And usually that's what it is. A person trusts in themselves. They trust in their own thinking, their own idea, their own perception of things. And yet... We just read there in verse 9 that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. So we can begin to understand why we see wars, why things will continue until Jesus Christ stops it. But when we look at the world and we look at these major skirmishes that are increasing, we have to look at our own lives. Do we have peace? Or do we have war in our lives? We need to have peace. We can see very clearly where wars come from here on an individual level and then on a bigger level as well. It comes from this heart being deceitful above all things and man trusting in himself, trusting in man. Lesson one of the correspondence course says that God promises he will intervene in world affairs to prevent the annihilation of humanity and to bring us world peace. And in order to ensure continued peace, He will also prevent future wars by changing that which causes war. Christ can stop war with power, and he will, but then he also will work to prevent future wars by changing what causes war. There has to be a change of heart. General MacArthur understood that, at least on a certain level. There has to be a change in the way that humans behave and the way humans think. Notice this in James 4. James Four verses one and two, it lays it out very clearly. It says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Now again, you can think in the big global scale, or you can think individually here, whence come wars and fightings among you, come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members, you lust and have not, you kill and desire to have and cannot obtain you fight in war yet. You have not because you ask not. We're looking at unrestrained human nature here that Jeremiah 17:9 heart it has pride, vanity, jealousy, lust, and greed. that's the cause of war globally and individually. Christ will stop it thankfully, but mankind has to change their thinking and their heart, so that we don't have these type of wars. And, of course, we can't do that on our own. We have to allow God to change us. Again, Lesson 1 of the Correspondence Course. It says, The message Jesus preached is the good news. It's the gospel. It's the good news that God will restore peace on earth by establishing his divine kingdom over all nations. Christ, through the power of God, will, at his second coming seize control of all human governments, and rule by God's law. And Jesus's gospel also includes how we may receive the gift of eternal life and become a part of that eternal ruling kingdom. See, God wants many people to be in his family, ultimately everyone who's willing, and there won't be any more wars, there won't be any more violence. When Christ returns and He's using God's government to rule over those that are alive at that time in the millennium. And in the last great day time period, they're going to learn how to have peace. And the Bible has many prophecies that talk about that. They won't learn war anymore. They're going to learn peace. So when we look at the the conflicts on this earth and we consider the state of the world and how it is escalating, the violence and such, we have to really think about the cause of it, and it starts in the heart. And then we have to consider ourselves as well. Wars in our lives, upsets in our lives, they start with that heart. And that has to be changed, and we have to be submitting to God's law and government. What will it be that stops global war? It will be the return of Jesus Christ. And then he will reestablish God's law and government on this earth, and there will be peace. And that's not just a nice saying or a nice thought. It's going to happen very practically. So when we think about this, if, if you want peace in your life today, even in this world that's so violent, and you can see people that are touched by violence today or it's close to them, they're just crying out for peace and safety. If, if you want peace in your life today, if we want that, Then we need to follow the law and government of God. Then we can have great hope, even in the midst of a world that's becoming more and more hopeless. It's wonderful that Christ showed us what's coming, how it will be resolved, and then takes us back to the root cause as well, the root cause of these things. So as you see the world becoming more violent and more uncertain, you can have trust in the sure word of Bible prophecy, in God's word, and not only believe that these prophecies will come to pass, but also understand the truth of the root cause of the problems we see today, and really work on having that peace in our lives individually, by submitting to God's law and to God's government, and then we're being qualified to help Christ bring peace to this whole world, and we certainly do need it. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live By Every Word. If you'd like to learn more about this particular topic and some of the prophecies that are coming to pass and and some of these root causes. Lesson one of the correspondence course is a great lesson. Please sign up for that course if you haven't already. It's free at thetrumpet.com. Thanks for spending some of your time with me today. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God.